Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 206. I'm Kelly Roach, and you are listening to Unstoppable Success Radio, the podcast for achievers, believers, dreamers, and doers who want to build a profitable, sustainable business around a life of purpose, fulfillment, freedom, and family. Now let's get down to business. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to be here today with Dr. Dan Margolin. Dan, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I appreciate it. All right. So your mission is to re-energize America's entrepreneurial spirit. Tell me more about that. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I, I'm a doctor. I'm actually a podiatrist. And I started out about 30 years ago. And I knew nothing about business. I knew nothing. You know, I just thought, listen, I want to help people. I want to be, uh, you know, I want to help them with their feet and make them better and healthier and all that. And I ran smack into the problem of not recognizing it as a business, and I almost I almost fell apart. Honestly, I almost went bankrupt. And it's a little bit of a long story, but through that process of trying to figure it out, I became really good at, at running businesses and helping people with that. And it became my really my mission in life was to do that, and uh, that's how it started. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's important. And I'm glad that we started the conversation off there, Dan, because, you know, so many small businesses, obviously, as we all know, are very quickly out of business before they're even really in business. And it's because, you know, people are the technician, they're the doer, they're the craftsman, but they don't understand all the other pieces that go into running a successful business. So tell me a little bit about what some of your kind of low points were and then how you recovered from them, built back, and then, you know, what some of the, the key things that you help people with today are. Sure. So I so I started out about 30 years ago, right? I was I was in my early 20s. Um, unfortunately, when I started, like my family, there were no doctors in the family, no business people. Uh, they were my parents were school teachers. So uh, I get out of school. I have a huge amount of debt back then. Uh, Kelly, you probably don't know, but the interest rates back then were about 16 percent. So massive student loan debt, massive business debt. go. But I said, all right, that's not a problem. I'm a doctor. You know, I, I can make this up. Um, so I open up the practice and it's funny in life. Sometimes people mean well, but they give you bad information. Um, I trained at a residency program, Beth Israel residency. My director took me out to dinner, you know, the last night I said, Dan, you know, you, you did a great residency program and here's what I want you to do. Do great, great work, uh, and let it speak for itself. In other words, don't market, don't promote yourself. Don't embarrass us. So I said, yes, sir. You know, and I went out and that. That became sort of my mantra that everybody I treat, I'm going to treat them so well that they're going to go out and tell other people. And that's how I'm going to completely build this business. Um, so I do that, you know, in five years, uh, it's okay, you know, but because of my debt load, what happened is I ended up going through two business loans and I'll tell you, Kelly, at the sort of at the end at my low point, you're asking, um, I had $15,500 left in the bank and I projected out that I would be going out of business in about four months. And so, you know, at that point, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I was basically a kid. I'm like, what the hell? You know, I, I studied my whole life. I worked my whole life. And I, it was just not the way that I thought it was going to go. So I called a friend of mine. His name was Peter. He was about, he was also a podiatrist. He's about 20 minutes away from me. And, you know, honestly, essentially to go out and get drunk because, I, you know, misery loves company, right? You've heard that. Yes. You've heard that expression. 
So that's what I thought. I said, listen, there's no way that he can be doing well. You know, there's just no, you know, when you're doing poorly, you can't imagine that anybody could be doing great. You, you, you say, I, I've looked at this every way that's possible. So anyway, I call him and he, he shocks me. And he said, Dan, I'm doing great. And I said, come on, Pete, there's no way. And he said, come to my office. So I do that. I go to his office and I see Kelly for the first time in my life. I see a practice like highly organized, uh, run like a business and smooth as silk. You know, and I said, wow, Pete, man, I, I knew Pete. I knew he, he hadn't had any kind of special. He didn't go to college for this or anything. And I said, Pete, how did you learn how to do this? And uh, he, he had taken a course. He had actually gone out to California and taken a course to do this course, Kelly, for one week was $15,000. Now, again, I had $15,500 left in the bank and I'm going out of business. So wow. this is a re- this is a real cliffhanger. You know, it's like, holy mackerel. Um, anyway, I decided to do it. I said, you know what? I'm going to go out of business in four months. I might as well do it right now. Um, now, it sounds like a brave thing at this point. Believe me, I was passing out. It was one of the scariest decisions I ever made. But by the same token, it was also one of the best decisions. And when I came back, I actually came back really a different person. I actually understood. I'm sure you've met enough doctors in your life, but there is something about being a doctor where you think you know everything. I mean, it's almost like it's ingrained in us a little bit. You know, you get out of medical school. I think it's because you've been tortured for so long that (laughs) you come out, you know, you come out and you're a little bit like, all right, Oh, hard. Exactly. Yes. But the, the truth is I, I had to eat humble pie and I had to recognize that, yeah, you know what? There are things I didn't know about and certainly running a business is one of them. But when I came back, it, it did two th- things. One, it actually taught me about business and it also taught me that there was a lot of things I didn't know. And it really opened up my mind to like going, that's the last time I think I know it all. And what else is there? And I, I actually, from that experience, I gained a hunger for knowledge. I really, it's really, it's, it's been something that's served me well since then because I'm always looking for better ways to do things. But anyway, I came back and I turned the practice around and I can go over some of the things that we did to do that. But it was, it was, it was a low point And a week later, it was basically a high point for me because I actually had that faith in my, myself again, which had sort of been beaten out of me over the last over the previous five years. Wow. Well, thank you for being so forthcoming and sharing that story. I mean, I think that's so powerful on so many different levels, and I think people really need to hear that. And, you know, everybody listening needs to know that, you know, if you are at a low point or have been struggling or have lost confidence in yourself, um, it's never the end unless you decide that it's going to be. There's always a way that you can turn it around and you can start anew if you're willing to, like you said, Dan, I think it starts with believing in yourself and regaining hope and and connecting with people and things and resources that can help you get on the right path. And I mean, I think the the biggest lesson there in the story was you only had 15,000 left, but you knew it was do or die. And what I see over and over and over again, unfortunately, and I'm sure you see this as well, Dan, is 
you know, people say they want to turn it around. They say they desperately want to grow. They say they desperately want to achieve their goals. And yet they're willing to invest zero in doing that. And so what they do is they struggle along, struggle along, struggle along, and then eventually go into debt and then eventually get another job, um, you know, and their dreams kind of right. go down the toilet. And so I think the key learning here, and I, I've shared this definitely about my own business and, you know, you're not the first guest that share this as well, but what you invest into your personal growth, whether it's like my mindset or development as a person or your business knowledge and expertise like you make multiples of that back like look how your life changed you were it, it would have been a completely a fork in the road right like it would have been oh like, my god I mean, absolutely yeah it's a complete what, what would, kelly what would i have done if i had not made that decision okay now you have to understand back then and still i think student loans are not something that you can go bankrupt on not that I'd want right. to go bankrupt believe me but there was no way out of it and yeah. if I if I didn't succeed as a doctor it, it was really like looking at the abyss and going I got to make a decision and I find I mean here's what I find with clients as well because I consult a lot of practice owners business owners unfortunately a lot of times they seek you out right when it's at yes. the end you yes. know what I mean when do you find the same thing absolutely yep yep Very so it, it's certainly unfortunate but you know Sometimes it also is enough that it, it really gets them to realize that they've got to change something uh, because they're also they're looking at the abyss. And, and when there's nothing like that to really motivate you to actually take changing actions. Couldn't agree more. And, and there's an urgency there. So there's a speed to results, you know. So I think that's another lesson for people listening today. You might feel like you're at the ninth hour. You, you didn't get help. You should have gotten help. What are you going to do? You're at the end of your rope. But at the end of the day, you might just have the urgency and, and the sensitivity to it must be now that even though you started from behind the eight ball, you might be very much like Dr. Dan, who we have on the show today, who then sprung forward, not only made your own success, but now is helping so many other people as Wow. So well, you know what, Kelly? One of the things I go ahead. one of the things I found is like rather than let life make those kind of decisions for you, you know, sometimes it pays to like set your own sort of line in the sand. You know what I mean? And say, you know what? I'm I need to get to this point by a certain time period. So you're actually saying, you know, rather than let life determine what that time period is and wait till you're at the abyss, just say, you know what, I'm no longer willing to live this way and I'm going to do it by a certain date. And I found that's been very successful for me, like setting real targets for myself and making sure I hit them and, and being rather than being the effect of time or life, you know, creating an effect on time in life. I mean, that that's changed my viewpoint also. So. Oh, that is a brilliant, brilliant mindset and so powerful. I couldn't agree more. And it's really holding yourself accountable. It's holding yourself accountable. And the urgency of having a time frame to it makes all the difference in the world. And it's about finding a way. I mean, uh, one of the things I've always said to my team from, from day one of being a manager, and I firmly believe that it's true, and I, I still believe this in my own company, where there's a will, there's always, always a way. But it really comes down to your discipline and your mindset and, and your determination to find it. So Dr. Yeah, absolutely. Dan and what, you know, one other thing you said, Kelly, one other thing I just wanted to fill in, Kelly, one thing you, you said was like surrounding yourself before you were talking about, you know, figuring things out, surrounding yourself. One of the things when I came back from this adventure, from this training, right. And I come back and now I'm really starting to get trained as an executive. Here's an interesting experience that I found, you know, sometimes the people that you surround yourself with actually can have a negative effect on you without you real, real, realizing it. 
right? So I come back and it takes me about six months to implement real uh, factors in growth like marketing, promotion, all these different things that, that really turn it around, okay? And now I'm six months out and I go into the office one day and the office is full. And I'm like, oh my God, I've got patients booked up all day. And by the end of the day, I'm driving home. And it was the first time that I was like ecstatic. I mean, first time in probably years that I was like, wow, I'm actually gonna make it. And I go I go home and uh, I'm in the best mood of my life. And a friend of mine calls, his name was Ken. And we talk for about an hour, uh, get off the phone. The next morning I wake up and I'm in the worst mood of my life, Kelly. So there's the only reason I picked this up is because it's such a dramatic shift, right? I go from being in the, the best mood of my life to the worst mood of my life. And I'm getting up. I'm like, what the hell was that? You know, I'm in the morning. I'm like, why am I in such a bad mood? And the only person I'd spoken to with this was this friend of mine, Ken. And I started thinking back over the conversation. And it went something like this. Hey, Ken, you know what? I'm doing great. I'm going to make it. Thank you for all your help telling me. You know, for years, he had been a really a, a positive influence on me. When things were bad, he would always tell me, don't worry, you're going to make it. And I said, Ken, you're right. I'm going to make it. And he, he said this to me. He goes, well, Dan, what did they teach you in like California to start cutting on everybody? In other words, to do unnecessary surgery. And so, Kelly, I spent the rest of that conversation. It was subtle, but I spent the rest of that conversation convincing him that I wasn't doing unnecessary procedures, which I wasn't. But it, it had such a negative but subtle impact on me me that it it collapsed me really um and again the only the, the reason i picked it up was it's such a dramatic shift so um i started experimenting with my friendship with ken after that and what i realized was whenever i spoke with him in a very uptone fashion i'm like hey ken you know things are going to be great everything's awesome he would attack and every time i would approach him like ah you know ken things are rough he would be my friend and he'd be like don't worry it's going to get better Right. And, and I write about this in I wrote a book called Fast Tracking Your Prosperity. I write about it. But in that that moment, I realized that sometimes people around you have what they perceive as a vested interest in you not doing well. And sometimes it's subtle and sometimes it doesn't even make sense. Like it wouldn't. Why would a friend of mine who is telling me that I could do better sort of want to assure that I never did better? You know, but that's how it's it's. What I learned, it's just something to really take away is like, just watch the people that you surround yourself with. Are they, are they flowing power to you or are they absorbing or taking power away from you? Yeah, I think that's absolutely huge. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because you're right. You know, sometimes it's so subtle and, you know, yes, it's like someone can be there and they'll support you and they love you and they want to pull you up when you're down. But then as soon as things are going well and you're actually happy and you're successful and you're winning, they disappear or they're not supportive or you realize that maybe they don't have your best interest in mind. Maybe right. it was only enjoyable for them when you were kind of at that low point. And that's something very important to acknowledge. I also think it brings up a whole nother issue as well that that is important for us to explore since we're on the topic, which is that as you create a higher and higher level of success, you really, you receive less and less support from the people that you many times most think will be there. 
and most think will be right. the happiest and the, 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 you know, that you're counting on and you're depending on to be there. Many times they're not, they don't understand, they're fearful of where you're going or what you're doing. Um, they're intimidated by your success. And that's again, why I think it's really important, you know, for entrepreneurs to work with someone like you or join a mastermind, work with a coach or mentor, whatever it is, because you have to have people in your corner that are invested in your success no matter what right. that don't have their own personal ego and agenda tied into how they feel about you and whether they're going to be supportive of you that day or not well you know it's so important you're saying is so important i i went a few months ago a friend of mine had his 50th birthday i hadn't seen him in a while and we go out to dinner and stuff and i said well how do you feel about being 50 and he said dan you know he goes i reached the point like most people do when they hit 50, that they realize they're never going to accomplish their dreams. They're never, never going to get to what they wanted to do. And, you know, I'm just happy that I'm able to survive day by day. Oh. And I, I, I was like, Kelly, I was like, you know, I didn't say anything. Obviously I didn't want to go like, Heart what the brain. hell you loser? What the hell are you talking about? But, but I felt bad for him because I'm like, who did he surround himself with his whole life that he, you know what I mean? When you're a kid, you're enthusiastic and cheerful. What the hell pressure does it take on a person that by the end of 50, they're so beat up that they're just happy to make it through the day? And it's not, you know, listen, I understand it. I certainly can empathize with it, but it's not me. You know what I mean? It's not, I, I've been, you know, I've been fortunate enough to get my teeth kicked in at a young enough age that I understood what it took to fight back to that. And and uh, and so I just I look at that and I say, thank God that I've been able to go the experiences I've been through and surround myself with the people that I surround myself with and accomplish the things because of those people and because of my own training and my own desires and people like you, Kelly, doing these shows and helping people. It's a beautiful thing. And, and you should be very proud of what you're doing. Thank you. Well, I, I hope that we're helping people and making a difference. And, and I know that this episode will do that for people. So thank you. I, I do want to uh, circle back for just a moment because obviously you had this amazing transformation that then springboarded you into the work that you're doing today. So talk to us a little bit about what you got back in there and got to work doing right away after you went to this life-changing course and, and kind of what, what some of those core principles that you live by and teach are now today. Okay. So, I mean, I'll give you like one example, like one quick story. I, I come back, right? And I'm like, I've got, I spent my money. I have $500 basically left in the bank. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I speak to the consultant and I'm like, all right. So, you know, I, I got the training. I got some training. But what do I do now? And he said, well, let's look at the resources that are around you. What are the resources? Obviously, money is not a resource. But we found that one resource was that I had patient files. I had people that over the five years had liked me, had been in, had been helped by me. And he said, listen, what I want you to do, I want you and your staff to start calling up all of the old established patients and just seeing how they're doing, you know, and then if they're having a problem, you could always bring them in. So I said, all right, he goes, go get your office manager and let's do that. So I go, this, this woman's name was, I don't even remember her name. Let's say it's Barbara. I go, uh, Barbara, so let's, uh, let's start. Uh, I spoke to the consultant. They want us to start calling some of these established patients. And, uh, she used to walk around with a bunch of files, okay? And she looks at me, she goes, Dan, do you see how busy I am? I've got these files, I don't have time for your games. Now, Kelly, that's actually how she spoke to me. So, but at the time, I was like, okay. So I, I go back to the consultant and I said, uh, listen, you know, the truth is we're so busy that we really don't have time to make these phone calls. And he said, Dan, wait a second. He goes, 
how many people work for you? I said, well, it was me. It was the office manager. And it was a medical assistant. And he said, well, how many hours a week do you work? And I said, I work about 60 hours a week. And he said, how many patients do you see? And it, at the time, Kelly was about maybe 40 or 50. He said, I want you to think about something. You got three people. You're working 60 hours a week and you're seeing 40 to 50 people. He said, it sounds to me like you'd have enough time to drive to the patient's house, pick them up, drive them to the office, treat them, drive them home, and maybe even cook them dinner. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, wow, you know, I'm, it just seemed to me like I, when I, I heard it in that, put that way, there was a lot of wasted time. And he said, look, here's what I want you to do. I want you tomorrow to cancel your patients for the morning, and I want you to catch Barbara up on all of the work that she's saying she has on all these files. So that's what I do. I cancel the patients for the morning. She comes in the next day, and I said, hey, uh, Barbara, I've got great news. I'm going to cancel the patients. I move them to the afternoon. I'm going to catch you up on everything. And she looks at me, and she's got these files, you know, the whole pile. And she goes, Dan, I don't have time for your games. But Kelly, this time I was a little smart. I said, sit down and let's start. And about two and a half hours later, we finished this whole set of files. And I said, all right, Barbara, uh, go, go get the other ones. And she goes, that's it. And I said, what do you mean? The other files, Barbara, where are they? She goes, well, we're done. And I went, you mean to tell you know, I was like, you mean to tell me for months you've been walking around telling me how busy you are and we finished everything in two and a half uh, hours? And she said, you don't understand. But Kelly, I understood exactly and I fired her on the spot. And the lesson for me was that as the owner of a business, you really have to know how much effort each position takes and what's getting done in those areas. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and to me, it was really a responsibility that, that I, I learned as an owner is that, and, and some of this, the, the management technology I'm telling you comes out of what's called the Hubbard management system. It's not, I didn't make this up just, but, but the concept is that control equals income. In other words, the more responsibility that you take for an area, the more you understand it and the more you can control it, the more people you help, the more money you make and the less opportunities you give other people to come in and sort of put the kibosh on you. And so for me, that was a, it was a really, really important uh, first lesson in business. It's so important. It, you know, it's something that I work with my clients on all the time. You know, you don't want to know what you don't know. And that can get you in a whole lot of trouble. Because as an entrepreneur, there's so many tasks that need to get done in the business. It's very hard to keep your your pulse on everything. But a lot of times you hire people, whether internally or externally, to do a job. They quote you a price or they tell you how long it's going to take. And, you know, it's very easy as an entrepreneur to, you know, get bamboozled, so to speak. Because, you know, you sometimes don't even understand what's technically involved in the work that you're paying someone to do and that can be very dangerous because you're not able to match up you know effort versus cost and what you're spending versus what you're getting and all of that and you know I think every entrepreneur I know has a horror story about you know money wasted and and mistakes made as it relates to that so it's it's a good lesson that that you shared there for sure. And, and, you know, what I find, too, is, you know, if you're a hardworking person, if you're an ethical person, sometimes it's it's almost impossible to believe that people exist with motives that are not quite that like that, you know. And and most like most doctors, I find <clears throat> most business owners start um, with the desire, <clears throat> excuse me, to help people. That's what they want to do. And so that help extends to everybody. It's not just their patients. It's their staff and 
stuff like that. And it can be a little bit of an Achilles heel. And when I teach people, and this is going to sound horrible, Kelly, you're going to think I'm horrible for saying this, but uh, a lot of business owners, a lot of are, are too nice. Okay. And I mean it from the definition of the word nice. If you actually look up the word, it derives, the word nice derives from the word stupid, ignorant, and foolish. And have you ever heard the saying like nice guys finish last? I'm not saying to not be a decent person, being ethical, all those kind of things. But I am saying that you've got to really look at the things you're trying to accomplish and look at the people that you're trying to accomplish those things with and really control, like set standards, set like here's the things that I expect to get done by this time period. And when you can do that, uh, when you really put in that kind of control, it works. OK. And, and when you when you leave it up to other people and you pray, you know, you go hope one, uh, a wing in a prayer and you go, OK, I'm going to hire them because I don't know that area and I'm sure they're going to get it done. I just haven't found that to be the case. I just found that, like, if I don't want to confront an area, it confronts me anyway. It might be a couple of months down the line, or it might be when my bank account is low or something like that. Yeah, definitely. No, these these are such great stories and really good examples that you're giving here. So I hope this is touching people that are listening and and helping you to realize maybe some areas that you can avoid some of the uh, the traps that are out there. And that brings me to kind of my last question for you here, Dan. So, you know, I know one of the things that you talk about is the the financial traps and the financial mistakes that business owners can easily get caught up in. What would you say are t some of those top things that you see out there today? You know, I, I think one of the top things I see is that just even along the marketing and promotion is people don't understand marketing and promotion. They don't like I'll just give you an example. Um, most like when you send out marketing, people don't believe it till they've seen it about three or four times mm -hmm. and then they don't react to it for several weeks, four to six weeks after that. So there's such a lag time in from when you're sending out some things to when you really get the bang for your buck that it's not always observed. Then I'll go into a lot of businesses, a lot of practices, and I'll see, you know, they're not doing that well. And I'll look back and I'll say, hey, you know, it's funny, like there was a time period that you were really doing well. What what was the reason for that? And they'll give you these external reasons, like it was the economy, it was, you know, whatever it was, like some, but when you go, well, let me ask you a question. About six months before that, or five months before that, were you doing any kind of marketing or promotion? And they go, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, we were sending out postcards, but it didn't really work. You see, they. They don't recognize the things that were working, and so they stop doing them, and they just fall apart. And so uh, have you seen that yourself? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. With, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So – Dan, you have shared a lot about your journey and a lot about some ups and downs that you have experienced and how you help people. And, and there may be people listening that really feel like they could use the guidance of, and support of someone like yourself. What is the best way for people to get in touch with you and learn more about the way that you're helping reignite the entrepreneurial spirit? Sure, sure. So they can go to uh, Dr. Dan, drdanspeaks.com. And actually, um, for your for your listeners, they can download a free copy of my book, Fast Tracking Your Prosperity, and uh, they can get in touch with me through there. I'll be ha happy to speak with anybody or answer any kind of questions or let them know about what we're doing. That is awesome. Thank you so much for everything that you shared today. And of course, we will uh, list that link there and information in the show notes. Dan, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Are there any, any parting words that you want to leave our listeners with today? Well, first of all, Kelly, I want to thank you for having me on your show. It's awesome. And I just – I love people with the entrepreneurial spirit and I love people that, that listen to podcasts and are trying to better themselves and 
you know, to, to be invited on your show and to be a, a guest on it. It's great. It's a great honor. And uh, I thank you very much. Absolutely. So to all our listeners, take the great advice that Dr. Dan gave you here today and use it to be better and unstoppable in your business. I want to thank you so much for listening today. And I want to remind you that if you love the show and you enjoyed the great content, think of three people that could benefit from this show today and pass this along to them right here, right now when you're thinking of it and get them to start tuning into the show. I want to remind everyone before we sign off here to dream big, take action and don't stop and you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.